previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. She leaves first and then it's me and Chuck and he's like, so what are you doing the rest of the night? I'm like, um, I'm going to bed. And he was like, oh, okay, so that's attempt number two at spending more time with me. Yeah, so that was a big letdown. <laughs> that was, yeah, strike two, I guess some people might say. Yeah. yeah. No gym, no hanging out at two in the morning in no. the hotel by yourself. <laughs> worth a shot. Hashtag. I was a smart a girl. <laughs> yeah, you were. Well, hmm. <laughs> welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. And I am so fortunate to have with us today my bestest mensch, Tiny Chuck. Hey, Tiny Chuck, how's it going? Hey, hey, hey. And then. The best part, I think, about being married in life is I officially get to say, also welcome to the podcast, the woman to whom I am related to by marriage, Roxy. <laughs> Hi, husband. <laughs> Hi, wifey. Oh. Hi, tiny Chuck. <laughs> Chuck, calm down oh, over there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is good. All right. Welcome, littles. Welcome, littles. We're obviously very excited here. Roxy and I are down in Nashville right now visiting my dad because he couldn't be at the wedding, unfortunately. So uh, we jumped on a flight the day after the wedding and came down here. We're going to be here for a few days and then we're going to get away for what we're calling a mini moon, I guess is what we're calling yep. it. For those of you that, well, we'll we're going to get all into all that. Don't worry. <laughs> we're going to get into yeah, all that. The deets. We will. We'll get into the deets later in the show. Okay. So you got to stick around for that. It's so worth it. But we've got a great guest. We've got a great surprise. But first, we're going to get to... Well, first, I think, Roxy, we should do some quick thank yous. Yes. I, I mean, Chuck, hang in there, okay? Nope. You, well, you're not getting one because you didn't show up for the wedding. But <laughs> even though you're my bestest mensch... It's uh, in the mail. It's in the <laughs> It's always in the mail. But seriously, I know most of littles, you've seen it already. Eric Lonergan, above and beyond, we actually had to call him. And he was like, uh, what are you doing, man? It's, it's your like, wedding night. He's like, don't you think better things to do the night before your wedding? Uh, I mean, that the, the cartoon was just, it was It was amazing. so, it, so we great. We cried. We cried. I'm going to say it. And the comments. Oh, and the comments are great. I mean, yeah. it's, but yeah. And we just found out, actually, uh, a, a day or two ago, we have to give a big shout out to the, we don't even know what this is, but the, we got an email. So we're mm -hmm. expecting something from the Chatter Trivia team of Littles, it says. And it's uh, Sam Angel, Jen Babish, Johnny Fox, Bobby Godfrey, Jamie Julian, Steve Lipton, Eric Lonergan, Claire Natola, Suzanne Nichols, Neil and Rockville, Dwan Reese, Jeff Stevens, and Dina and Damascus. Wow. Uh, that's amazing. What a crew. I, I don't even know. We don't even know I what's know. going on, but- Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's just, it's just been it's been a whirlwind. It really has. And we can't thank you all enough. The comments and just we're so glad you love you like the episode. Yeah. I mean, it's probably I mean, because it's so, it's so weird to talk about yourself. I mean, of course, we love our story and we think our story is cute, but other people might not. And it's just that weird. Will they like it? Will they not? And we're right. so glad that you did like it. Well, we I mean, let's be honest. We kind of think it's because we didn't have Tiny Chuck on the show. I mean, so. <laughs> well, that's what Sally would say. I mean, that's what saved it. <laughs> Saved it. Right. So, well, let's get into stuff real quick because we got a lot to get to today. We're very excited. It's been a while. So we're going to start with a, an email from Dina and Damascus. Uh, this is going back to Sully. Pick your lane. Is that what oh, she said, Roxy? Uh -huh. pick, pick a lane, Sully. Pick a lane. And she writes one, two, three, or ABC. And one, two, three is better. So yes, that's her vote. Thank you, Dina. 
Now, Chuck, what do you do when you go when you label stuff? How do you how do you list it? Oh, I'm totally one, two, three. But I remember putting up years listening to you do that. One B, whatever. See, wait, I've never heard this. I never said anything, but I was like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I have been with this man for n- almost nine years, and I have never she didn't know this, Chuck. heard him say that. I've heard him say some other things, but <laughs> well, Chuck, and I—I I believe you had it wrong. I do believe I go a blah blah blah, and two blah blah blah. Whatever, yeah. Pick a lane. Up, Pick a lane. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you mix them up. So yeah, stick one. Go with one or the other. So then we also got a, a message from Michelle Pendleton, and this is referring to, I love it, I get to say it again, Christopher Giannini's episode, and this is referencing the, the Harry Potter. And, Sound like you're ordering a pizza. All right? Oh, it's or, great. Or like, yeah, we had we had fun with that. Yeah. We just love to say each other. He loves to, he loves to say Biagio, and yeah. I love to say Giannini. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. So she writes, so we started listening to the books. Now, we're referring to the Harry Potter stuff. Went through the entire series back to back times seven. It was the first time I had read the series, and I'm so glad we all experienced it that way. You can see the way different threads start in one book and weave through another. You can borrow audiobooks through many libraries using an app like Overdrive, Sora, or Libby. You can easily get through the first three books in a two-week period, but books four through seven are long, and unless you listened a lot, like between one and two hours a day, you won't get through them in a regular borrowing time. That was the reason why I got an audiobook subscription. It was an affordable way to get the HP books in audio. Then she also writes, Audible is the most well-known, of course, but if you want to support independent bookstores, go with Libro.fm. That's L-I-B-R-O.fm. They only have a monthly subscription option, but if you don't mind getting a book a month, it's a great way to support indie shops. So that's great. Yeah. I didn't realize that. So let's, Chuck, here's a big one. We got a text from Tiny Chuck. Do you remember what your text said, Chuck? <laughs> no. <laughs> Chuck wrote in, the BTK killer was in Wichita, Kansas. Don't put oh, that yeah. on Missouri. Right. Ah. Oh, and then he wrote, this is the big weekend, Chuck. Because <laughs> you, you clearly forgot what my wedding was, Chuck, but even though you're the best man, but that's okay. So Chuck, so what was that about? So you know the BTK killer, like who that was and what that was about? I mean, not personally, I hope, but... No, yes. No, I don't know personally. I forgot why I was in Wichita. Maybe I was doing a show or maybe I just was visiting people and, and just came about talking. And it, so the BTK killer stands for bind, tie, kill or something like oh. that. Wow, I did not know that. Uh, I'm going to have to Google this. I just got chills. Something like that. Yeah, it's horrific, obviously. So we were conversing about that. That's why I knew it was from Wichita. So I just uh, had to I had to save my state. You had to defend so Missouri, of course. But believe me, we have our own problems. That's not to say that we're perfect or anything like that, but we're not, put, we're not taking that one. Right. He's like, we got enough problems here in Missouri. So, And then real quickly, before we get to our quick surprise, we wanted to, of course, give a quick shout out to Jared Shover, who crossed into Virginia. He finally got through Tennessee. Wow. It took him a while. It's a long freaking state. Mm -hmm. Trust me. I've driven it many a times because as... We said we're in Nashville. Not We didn't drive it this time, but I've driven from New York to Tennessee many times to see my parents over the years. It's a long freaking state. Congratulations, Jared. And of course, once again, the most important part, if you can, follow him on Instagram at Jared2112 and most importantly, Venmo at Jared2112. Donate what you can. I forget what he's up to. I think it's almost 30000 I think so. Which is kind of cool because yeah. it's all for cancer Great. research. So do what you can, littles. Now, Chuck and Roxy, do you like surprises? Love surprises. 
Yeah, soup and rice. Yes, I'll take some. All right, all you loyal littles, please welcome to the show, Elliot Olshansky. Hey, Elliot, how's it going? Going great. Thank you so much for having me on. Hey. It's uh, something I've been looking forward to. It's our pleasure. And so real quick, though, I want to make sure. Now, I said your name right, correct? Yes, you did. Okay, because I got to be honest, for the longest time, I thought it was Oshansky until I saw it in print. And I was like, oh, it's Olshansky. I want to like, be one of those. Now, listen, I, I know we just have a quick few minutes with you because this is kind of on us, but we're going to do a full bang later on. We wanted to just quick say hello, and we're going to have some fun with this, actually. So, Littles, when Elliot's going to come back on the show, we're going to actually put this on Twitter, and we're going to open it up to get your questions for Elliot. So for right now, Elliot, why don't you just quick introduce yourself and tell us what's going on right now in your life? Well, one thing that's going on, I've obviously, Littles have heard my jingles on the show, and I've been doing a lot of other different kinds of writing. And one thing that I've been getting into lately is I've been working on picture books for my first child, a masculine child, and my second child, also a masculine child. And coming up on Thursday, June 3rd on Twitter, there's actually an event called Pitch Madness where I'm going to be tweeting, along with other unagented authors, uh, pitches of my book for agents and publishers to see. And part of how get noticed is with retweets from sometimes other authors, friends, sure. whoever, and helps you move up further in all the different algorithm searches because we're using the hashtags, the main one being pitmad and and all these. So I'm going to be trying to get some of them published and would really be helpful if I had a whole bunch of loyal littles following me on Twitter. I know much you do already and retweeting my pitches when they come out to uh, possibly, you know, this is, it's a little helping little situation. Oh, all right. So, wow, this is per you said this is what day? Uh, Thursday, June 3rd. Wow. Is, okay. Is, uh, is Pitch Madness. And then there's another one later in the month called PB Pitch which is specifically for picture books. And that's going to be Thursday, June 17th. Wow, so okay. this, uh, this Thursday, June 3rd, and then a couple weeks, June 17th, if you're, if you can retweet uh, my pitches on Twitter, my, uh, my handle for those of you who don't know it is TAFCAR. That's T-A-F-K-A-R-R stands for the artist formerly known as rink rat from my uh, college hockey covering days. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to have, having the support and of, of the littles and hopefully taking these, some of these stories and, and getting them into print. And, you know, so that maybe one day uh, Michael can read them to Bootsy and the Hammer. Oh, wow. This is great. This is like perfect timing. So littles, we'll, we'll remind everyone and I'll, I'll try to put that in the show notes so we, they can just re, uh, go there too. But so this Thursday is when the first you'll start tweeting stuff? From eight to eight Eastern time, and yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be pitching I think three times over the course of the day for each one. Or I'm gonna try to and and see what the interest is. All right. Well, now you have to make us a promise at the Loyal Littles podcast because I know the Loyal Littles are gonna be upset if this doesn't happen. You promise you're gonna come back on and meet the Littles, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I, it, it's so much fun. I mean, there's another podcast that I that I've listened to that has pretty strong community surrounding it. And there is a little bit of overlap between the Littles and this other one, Binge Mode, uh, that was part of the, the Ringer, although it's, it's done now, but yeah. the community has survived. And every now and then I'll be posting uh, one of the Binge Mode groups on Facebook and somebody will reply to say, La Cheeserie. Oh, and, wow. And I, these worlds colliding. Yeah. It's been a blast. Always 
running into these other littles. Right. Okay. Well, thank you, Elliot, for jumping on again for what we're kind of calling a new segment. What what were we calling it, Roxy? Wait for it Wednesday. Ah, wait for it Wednesday. I mean, since we're doing a Wednesday podcast, we had to come up with something clever for you're going to have to wait for the full interview mm-hmm. of Elliot Olshansky, and we're going to have some fun with it. Like we did in the past, we're going to reach out to loyal littles out there to ask some questions for our future interview with Elliot. But the most important part, don't forget to jump on his Twitter page tomorrow and retweet. Elliot, thank you so much for jumping on. I know it was real quick. I wish we had more time, but this is going to be great. You're going to come back and do the full Elliot. Perfect. Sounds good. All right, Littles. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. The Loyal Littles Podcast in your ear on the WTFC Podcast Network. Here's Chuck and Roxy. should have just seen Roxy's face light up when I hit play on this because she didn't know I was playing this song. Roxy, what band is playing us in today in this episode? This is Bonfire Falls. And this is one of Roxy's favorite bands. I love them. They're so great. And this song is called Tomorrow's Song. And I thought, what a great way to start a new tomorrow after our wedding than playing Tomorrow's Song. So I thought this was really great. This band is based out of New York City. They're a lot of fun. We've actually seen them live quite a few times. And if you like their stuff, head on over to bonfirefalls.bandcamp.com. That is B-O-N-F-I-R-E-F-A-L-L-S.bandcamp.com. And as always, we'll play the full song, tomorrow's song, at the end of the podcast. No, we'll stay. all you loyal littles it's now time to meet the littles and we have another one that's been kind of a long time coming a very generous little to the podcast please welcome we're just gonna say best-selling author rich ottinger hey rich how's it going it's going well thank you chuck for the wonderful introduction (laughs) well i have to say first things first thank you because you as well as steve the great and flavorful were the two that just, I mean, the minute we announced we were doing a bracket challenge for the Loyal Littles podcast, 
without hesitation, you just emailed us or I don't know, you reached out to us somehow Mm -hmm. and said, you know, I would like to donate my product for prizes because you knew we were just starting and we didn't have anything to give. We said we were going to, we announced we were going to give away prizes. We had no prizes in the works. Well, we were going to get them. We just didn't know what they were going to be. And you were one of the first ones that reached straight out and said, hey, I got a book. I'd I'd love to give it away. And you autographed it and you, you, it was just really sweet of you. So we really appreciate that. And we really appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast to meet the littles. I know you've been listening to a few episodes. So why don't you start right off and introduce yourself and tell all the loyal little something about yourself? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess what kind of connected us is the uh, fact that I did write a book and I published it last year and just in time for the pandemic to hit my brilliant marketing plan. It's a, it's a book about the restaurant industry and uh, my brilliant plan to go around to all these people at bars and restaurants that I knew and kind of give out copies to help me promote it went, went down with the, uh, with the coronavirus, but um, in my effort to kind of rekindle that a little bit in the last few months, that's when one of the reasons I reached out to you guys to, uh, to send a copy down. It wasn't completely selfless just to give you a prize. I wanted you to talk about it, which you did wonderfully. So thank you as well. Well, That's our (laughs) pleasure. So why don't we uh, start from the beginning and we'll get back, we'll get back into the book because I want to talk a lot about that actually. Uh, So where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Anything, you know, schooling? How'd you become an author? Yeah, so I am originally from Catskill, New York, and I often have to tell people the town of Catskill, not the mountains. <laughs> it's actually at the base of the mountains, but so I know that's very near where you are I, from originally. I as know well. it well, sir. <laughs> so I grew up there, lived in Catskill until I went to college in Hartford, Connecticut, at oh. the University of Hartford. Yeah. Lived in Connecticut for a couple of years after that, and then moved back this way to Albany, which is, you know, but only about 30 miles north of where I grew up. And that's where I live now. Nice. So, okay, so you went to high school near me, and you went to college near Roxy. So yeah. That's kind, of, oh. that's kind of a fun connection. Yeah, she's from Connecticut. Yep. So, yeah, so let's talk Catskill, because we yeah. we always thought that was the coolest cats kill. Get it? Cats <laughs> kill. Motto for a school and mm-hmm. yeah, Patroon Conference. You brought it up off air. That's our conference. Yeah. We played you all the freaking time in high school. That's right. And yeah. And I don't know if our timing matches up. I bet it's not far off. But um, yeah, I played soccer. I played you know basketball up through middle school at least. Mm-hmm. And then um, volleyball in high school as well. Oh. Uh, I, was tennis, I was on the tennis team. So I played at Ichabod Crane in all of those sports at some point. And what did you call it? The... The dome. He calls it the Ica Dome. The Ica Dome. You have, that round, you have that round roof. Yeah. Oh, so no. We called it the Dome, of course, because we wanted to sound going cool. To the Ica Dome. The Ica Dome. I've never heard that before. That That's is so really funny. Cool. <laughs> I now, didn't know if people from there do that, although I do happen to know a lot of people that graduated from Ichabod Crane, so I probably should have asked one of them at some point. That's so funny because, seriously, we just always wanted to be really super cool and call it the Dome, you know, like the Carrier yeah. Dome. And mm-hmm. But we never – that's the Ica Dome. That's, that's a new one for me. That's, that's so great. Now, I, without – unless you don't want to reveal your age, I'm dying to know because as we <laughs> revealed in one of our most recent episodes, I was a four-year varsity volleyball player. So what year? I graduated in 93. Oh, all right. We did cross over possibly. Yeah. Now, did Catskill have a... I that last year, though, my senior year, so... So maybe, maybe one year in there, because I graduated a little bit before you. So uh, mm-hmm. what was I going to say? Did, did, J, did they have a JV team on Catskill? We did not. Yeah. And we... I didn't play, like I said, I didn't play volleyball until my senior year. It was, oh. um, we, were, we were absolutely terrible. Um, <laughs> the team was fairly new, I believe, mm-hmm. and they were just out recruiting anybody they could. Right. And in 10th grade, I had had a giant growth spurt. I went from like being one of the shortest people in the school 
to being the tallest person on the soccer team in a summer. Oh, wow. So wow. the volleyball team came and found me that last year and was like, we need help. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, so funny. Like, if you don't mind, I'm going to give a, a quick shout out to one of my all-time favorite math teachers, but Ron Gabriel, who honestly, he just passed away like three months ago. That was our volleyball coach up till my senior year. Such a great. He had a, what he would do is he would go and check the cut list for the basketball team. Mm-hmm. Literally the day of, he would start making phone calls. Yep. It's like, hey, Mark. he had signs all over the school. Hey, got cut from the basketball team? Come try out for volleyball. <laughs> and that's how he would recruit. And it was brilliant. Yeah. It was absolutely brilliant because he'd always find like these six foot guys that just couldn't, you know, just didn't have the coordination. And he would train them that's how cool. to like serve a ball or just stand in front of a net and put your hands up, yeah. basically, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Basketball was the big sport in Catskill. We didn't have a yeah. football program, so basketball was the thing. I, I could not keep up with those guys. They were they were really good. Yeah. So I didn't make it into high school in, in that sport. But then finding that for the winter near the end of my high school career was nice. It, it, it was uh, to be like recruited to it was even odd. I had never played organized volleyball before. Right. So what did you go to school for? Did you go to become a writer and all that, or oh, what did I you? Went- my major was communication with emphasis in mass communication, advertising, and public relations. Okay. Started out with a journalism emphasis, and sure. I took like one course, and they were like, all right, so I want you to go to City Hall and sit in this meeting, and then I want you to call all the people back and get confirm their quotes, and I was like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> That's too much work. <laughs> the one thing that me and some of my friends always loved growing up was radio, and uh, we used to listen to a lot of comedy audio tapes so we would make up our own little radio shows and stuff so i thought mass communications kind of in that vein let me let me go do that and i'll volunteer at the radio station and it mostly led to more of a marketing career but you know as a hobby still trying to do some of this type of stuff podcasting and things in the future uh at well future from that point (laughs) right and so did you go to work in radio at all i never worked like for a radio station my first kind of real job out of college was for this radio network that did like They would make programming like a ski report and then get sponsors and then sell it across the whole country. So I was just a a copywriter writing ski reports at four o'clock in the morning for like the Hormel Chili ski report heard all over the, you know, New England. So it was interesting. And I still have some of those scripts. And it was the whole point was don't just say the weather report. They can get that. Make it into something and give it a narrative. So it was 60 seconds of trying to come up with a theme and then using it across different radio stations for the day and updating it as the day went on a couple of places we did multiple through the day so it was a you know a good writing exercise at the very least yeah that's not- true <laughs> well because this is all pre-internet you know for the most yeah. part yeah it was i mean it was like there was email and stuff but that was about oh, all you were doing right. online at that point gotcha. um, late 90s i guess so there was there was some stuff but you weren't watching a lot of videos yeah exactly you no know, youtube stuff like that so what made you want to go into writing and write this book and all that kind of stuff Well, I've always liked writing. I like reading. Um, I probably should have been an English major, but I guess I I thought a little bit more about maybe I should learn something that's lucrative and useful in some way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was still able to write as part of this. I've done a lot of work in in advertising and marketing, as I said, and and doing copywriting. So I've been able to use the skill. But I always thought, you know, I should write a book. And the, the hard thing for me is, and what's probably been useful in the marketing side, is I'm really my specialty is probably editing. That's probably what I'm better at than even writing. So when someone, somebody else has ideas, it's easier for me to even write from there or edit from there. And right. this book called Do You Serve Food Here? I don't think we said that, by the way. Yeah. It was my mother's idea. And that's oh. what, what got it written was she owned a small cafe on Main Street in Catskill. And then subsequently after that, her partner from that opened another one and she worked there for a while. 
and she would just get these dumb questions that people would ask and she wrote them all down and and one day she handed me this pile of check slips and just said hey this is a book i'm not writing it you're the writer you know make it happen and it took 12 to 15 years from then before i actually sat down and got it done but wow. you know it was another instance of it wasn't really my idea but i got what she was saying and and kind of made it into my own thing and and that's where I'm stronger, I think is. So if I haven't sat down to write my novel yet, because I just don't know what the, what the <laughs> idea would what be. What it's even going to sure. be about yet. So. No, I understand that. So in the meantime, though, like coming right out of college, I mean, did you have like a survival job? I mean, cause we're as artists, we're, cause that's kind of what you do. You're an artist obviously. Yeah. And so we're always interested in that stuff because we always hear great stories about survival jobs. Cause you're going after your dream, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anything fun like that? Yeah, well, so interestingly enough, I mean, this was the days of printing and, you know, resume paper and mailing things out and just never hearing anything back from the hundred (laughs) things you did. I kind of started out applying at advertising agencies, small ones around, you know, where I grew up, ones around my college in New York City, the whole gamut. And I was at home back at my parents' house in Catskill and I started substitute teaching Sure. that fall Mm because I still hadn't come up with a job which was absolutely terrible for me. <laughs> now, did you do this it, at Catskill? Yeah, it was at Catskill, and mm-hmm. I was four and a half years removed or whatever sure. from going there, and it was just all of my friends, siblings, and, yeah. and people that knew me. That's got to be it, tough. It was short-lived. Yeah. <laughs> I did the same thing. I'm being not totally... At, actually, I did it even sooner. I did it while I was on home from like Christmas, you know, on Christmas breaks and things like that from college and stuff like that, which was really tough. So and hard to take so, people seriously at yeah, that point. Yeah. Oh, that's so hard. And most times, let's be call it what it is. A substitute teacher is usually like monitoring a study hall, things like right. that, which makes it even worse because you're not actually teaching anything. I mean, if it were me, I would have paid attention if I oh, were of course, one of the dork. students. But. Uh, <laughs> but that makes one of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I did that. And then I, then I got the job to Connecticut and I ended up working at a couple of different places there for two or three years before I moved back to Albany. But one of the interesting interviews I went on. I I got a call from like a publishing company in New York City. And I went to New York and did an interview. I figured, you know what, you're graduating college. That's when you're kind of supposed to move to New York and at least stay there for a little while. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do a couple interviews at least, even though I wasn't high on my list to necessarily have to live there or anything. It wasn't like one of those people that just like, I'm going to New York. But but I didn't hate the idea either. So I was like, all right, I'll go do this interview, even though it's not exactly what I want to do. And it was fascinating to me, that whole publishing world, to learn about it a little bit through the interview process. I didn't get offered the job. And I think if they had, it would have been like, you're living on the street in New York because the pay was so low. But um, it was certainly something I considered. Gotcha. So, all right, it's time. Let's just get this out. Let's just go there. You're from the 518. We assume all, what's your, where's your sports? What's your favorite sport, favorite teams, things like that? I mean, my favorite sport is baseball. Always has been. Um, I've been a Yankees fan for my whole life. I kind of came online in the late 70s, three, four years old. The Yankees won back-to-back World Series. When I'm six, they went to the World Series again. So we're they aware. were the, you know, <laughs> they, yeah. They were the big thing at the moment of me really understanding what baseball and Major League Baseball was. You know, it's funny that you say this. One of my favorite memories of all times, we were uh, when we were I was a little kid at that time and we were I think we were driving to Florida 
And I remember we were in a hotel room and my mom was so angry at my dad. She's like, would you turn that TV off? Would you turn? And we, this is before I, we were, I was even a Red Sox fan. He was like, but, but we're, we're, I want the kids to see history. And this was when it was the, I think it was the second one in the seven with Reggie Jackson. And when they won the world series in the seven, he was Dodgers. They played the Dodgers, right? I believe. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was the big one. And, uh, so he's like, we're watching history where she's like, turn that, we have to get up early. And the, the kids are, you're, you know, she was so angry, but that's one of my favorite memories actually of traveling was my dad. And that's where I got my love for baseball was obviously from him. So yeah. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, my father's a Mets fan. Oh, I think I'm not a hundred percent sure on this. I think that they were, his household was kind of a Brooklyn Dodgers mm-hmm. back in the day. So when, when the Mets came around, he kind of, he was teenager, maybe, maybe yeah. a little less, mm-hmm. a little younger even. And um, he kind of latched on to the Mets, but he allowed me to be a Yankees fan. So I, I thank him for that because uh. <laughs> there were many, many more championships <laughs> that he hasn't seen. Since yeah, then. yeah, that's true. Um, although I did get to sit and watch the 86, on, I'm sorry, guys, the 86 right. World Series yeah. with him as he sat there in game six and with a like head down, like, well, <laughs> telling me not to get excited because I'm rooting for his team to win the World Series. Obviously, it was a win-win. My father's team and the Red Sox would lose. Yeah. And he was like, settle down. This is pretty much over. And then, you know, the the hit went through uh, Buckner's legs. And I I looked at him right in the eye. And I just, I'll never forget this. I just said, I thought you got to (laughs) believe. Yeah. Well, that's one thing you have in common with Tony, which we're going to get to that in a second. But we do all agree that it wasn't Buckner's fault, right? I mean, even back then I knew it wasn't. I mean, I was a little kid and I knew it wasn't Buckner's fault. I mean, come I mean, on. Listen, he obviously made an error on that play, but he is not the only reason the series oh, was the, lost. They were right. Hello, wild pitch maybe? Can I interest you in a wild pitch that ties the game? I mean. Yeah, it was, it was an unbelievable meltdown. Oh, it was. Absolutely. And the whole other game. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, all right. That's I'll, I'll, I swear that's all I'm going to say there. I did once get my uh, father for a gift a baseball signed by Mookie Wilson and Bill Buckner, which they started doing regularly, <laughs> yeah. I guess, at card. Oh, sure. It, yeah. Appreciated. Yeah, I, I, I didn't need one of those. Um, <laughs> so now, I don't we... think Red Sox fans went out for that. <laughs> so real quick, can we go into uh, how, how did you get into Tony? Like, where did you start listening or did you read him first? All that kind of stuff. Being a writer, that might be interesting. Yeah, sure. So... It was probably about 2003 or four, right in there somewhere. I would listen to a lot of Yankee games, obviously, on the, on the radio. So my radio was pretty much just set to the sports station, the ESPN station here in a, the Albany area. And then running out for lunch from work, the show would come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he was on 10 to noon or 10 to 1 or something. Maybe back then it might have been a little longer. This was the national show, I believe, at the time. Yeah. The ESPN radio national show. So I kind of started listening to it and... You know, another friend of mine like mentioned it to me once, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I listened to that for a couple minutes here and there." But then you start planning your lunch break around it, and yeah. then you f- right. start finding ways to <laughs> headphones into your cube at work and kind of you sneak listen to it while you're supposed to be working. You know, and then me and my buddy are emailing each other while we're listening to the show live <laughs> during lunch and stuff. You know, and it kind of snowballs from there. Sure. Like your fandom kind of just grows from there. I always um, thought that I, the guy who invented Bluetooth, that's how that came up. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be a way. Yeah. There's got to be a way. I and can have, have this, this in my ear with no one noticing. This was the era of the, the internet show, too. I don't know if you've talked much about that with people where they would, if you were listening through the website, which was a brand new thing, then when they went to commercial, they would just keep talking. 
Mm-hmm. Oh. So once in a while at work, you'd be like, I got to see what that's like. I hear people talking about that. And you would do it, but you were always worried that somebody was tracking your website use at work. And then you realize that nobody actually does that, even if they can. Right. <laughs> so then you start doing it a little. So that's where it started. After that, he went back to a local show. It wasn't available a little while, but then it started coming out as a podcast. During the radio days, we were trying to get emails on during the show. Yeah. Like you heard yeah. say something and you would email right away. Mm-hmm. And then you would email your friend and tell him what you emailed in. And we would do that until we started to actually get one on here and there. And then it was like, oh, I'm not going to tell him ahead of time, maybe, because obviously I'm so smart and funny. I'm going to be on all the time right. now. Right, of course. Hear it. Obviously not the case, because there's so many littles that are very good with their words oh, and yeah. uh, so funny. So It's yeah. such um, a phenomenon. But every now and then getting one in, is it feels good, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I don't well, then, know of any other writer, broadcaster, anybody other than Tony that has this kind of thing going on. Like there probably yeah, is, and we're just not aware. There's of it, large fan bases, you know, and much larger ones, but I've never noticed one with this level of wit. Right. <laughs> right. What I love, and you know, I love a, a nice sharp tongue and humor. Sure. So it, it's it's why we like the show. Absolutely. You know, and then it just kept growing from there, you know, and then the uh, the jingling started and I was very envious of those guys. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, yeah. Uh, and so not that long into it, I think it's like seven years ago, maybe 2014 ish. I um, finally heard Tony Tony was talking about Ebola on the show over and over and over again. It was a Friday show. And I was like, all right. This is too obvious that Ebola it rhymes with Lola and this song's <laughs> going to get written. I'm going to go upstairs and write it right now. I wrote it out. I thought it was good, but I spent like the whole weekend finding a karaoke track on the internet, editing it down because it's like a seven minute song or uh-huh. something. Ridiculous. Yeah. So it was only like three verses and then singing it 1500 times <laughs> until it was passable. Like yeah. I can right. sing a little bit. Like I used to stand in front of a microphone and sing in a band. Not a real band, like we right. played yeah. show ever. Yeah. And but I so I can do it, but I'm not like strong. Right. And I finally got one that I thought was like, all right, this gets played. I won't be completely embarrassed and hopefully people will be laughing so they won't notice. Right. And it got played on that Monday's show and everybody was laughing through it. I saved that podcast because it makes me very happy to hear them laugh over the track. Of course. <laughs> Isn't that like okay, this affirmation, is baby? <laughs> no. Rich, I remember the song. I didn't know it was you. It's me. Yeah, it gets wow. better. This is the so next exciting. Day, they opened the show with it a second time. Yes. Oh, wow. Oh, I remember play. this. This is like... They wanted to play it for Tori. Right. I'm having, my, I'm having another Jamie and Rob wedding moment here because yeah. I totally remember all of this, but I had no idea it was you. Wow, this is great. And well, this is kind of how I got drawn deeper into the world of Littles because then, then I started writing and just instead of doing terrible recordings on my own, I would just send lyrics to... Right, Joe um, Arrow or whoever. Yeah. Steve Lipton. Yeah, Steve, uh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Fitzpatrick did a couple yeah. of my... Uh, Jason Fuse has done a couple. Oh, and, wow. So you're you're the like, writer for the heavy hitters here. You're it sounds famous. Like. <laughs> two, or them, two or three of them have been played, um, but, you know, and the rest are up on the website. Yeah. And I've done a couple others on on the on Jerry's website that probably are pretty terrible, but the words are funny. Yeah. I think. All right. That well, so I'm great. super jealous. <laughs> I need a break. You're going to come back, right? I told myself I wouldn't, but I will. <laughs> well, you have to, because we still need to get into your book. So there, there, I'm going to like tease. I'm going to bribe you into coming back here. <laughs> Loyal Littles will be right back with Meet the Littles. Hey, wifey. Hey, hubby. Are you getting excited for Summer of Littles 3.1? So excited. 
We can't wait to co-host the New York City location on... Saturday, August 7th, 2021. And times will, of course, vary depending on the location. But we wanted to announce some exciting news. We have some new locations. And our first one is in Newburgh, Oregon. And that's at Bells Up Winery. The next one we have is in San Jose, California. And then Summer of Littles goes international in Victoria, Melbourne. So that's amazing. That's exciting. So, Can we go to that one too? <laughs> right. Forget New York City. We're going to Melbourne. <laughs> For all the information, don't forget to head on over to our website, which is summeroflittles.com. So summeroflittles.com. Also, don't forget to follow them on Twitter. That is at littlesummer2. Don't forget to give them a follow on Twitter. Updates will be there. But all the information you need, head on over to summeroflittles.com. That will have all the hosts, all the locations. Everything you need is all there in one place. It's fantastic. Hey, hubby. Uh, hey, wifey. Nothing. I just like saying it. Don't forget to head on over to summeroflittles.com. All right, Roxy, what's next? Back to the show, hubby. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast, and we are lucky enough to have Rich Ottinger with us today, and I am so thankful I've been saying that name right all this time, and we had a good laugh about that because Roxy gets all the credit for that, because when I first got your name, the one thing I pride myself in, even the musical guests, when they'll write in with their songs and stuff, I always want to make sure I'm pronouncing the name right. Mm -hmm. You know, they take the time. And it's their name. Right. Names are important. <laughs> so Rich, I think you'll get a laugh at this. I actually wrote you back and I said, could you phonetically spell it for me? Well, because yeah. it's got the E in there and it's, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, and it you know, ING could be ING, you know, and and to be fair, like, I wasn't totally sure either. But my gut was telling me one thing. And it was one of few times that I actually listened to my gut. <laughs> and my gut was correct. So Roxy <laughs> had it from day one. I did full disclosure. Anyway, yeah. let's get into it. It's what all the listeners are probably waiting to hear because we I we obviously talked about your book a lot in past episodes because as I said in the beginning, you were generous to donate it for a copy a signed copy for one of our prizes. Let's get into the book. Where did it come from? Tell us everything about it. Yes, definitely. Uh, and thank you, by the way, for helping me to promote it on the show. You know, I, I had sent it in to you and then was falling behind on the podcast a little. So then I got to hear it mentioned two or three times, like in the same day on the podcast. And oh, it, it was very nice. Our so pleasure. Thank you for thank that. Yeah. So the book came from my mother, really. When I was growing up, she owned a cafe in, on Main Street in Catskill, New York. It's called the Catterskill Cafe. And she, you know, had all the locals coming in and she would write down every like ridiculous question that she was ever asked. <laughs> Stupid questions, silly comments, weird things on her notepad, whatever she was using to write orders on. And then she did that, continued that at her partner, opened another uh, restaurant later on down the street. And she worked there for a little while and did it again. And that's actually where I think most of these good ones really came from. Mm -hmm. It was the newer place. But she had this pile of order tickets with all of these questions on them. And the first one was, do you serve food here? That's the one that made her think of writing it down. So that's the name of the book. And she no. walked up one day and just handed me the whole pile and just said, this is a book. I'm not a writer. You know, you're, you're a writer. Kind of like what you do with the jingles. It sounds like <laughs> I don't sing, I don't do music. So here's the lyrics. You do the rest. Okay. All right. Maybe I should go like Mr. Tony here and say, I, I, I don't sing anymore. Just like he, his fingers don't type. Anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> handed me this pile of them and 
you know, I got to work on three of them immediately. And then it kind of was just sitting there in the back of my mind. Like, I, I need to write this book. And about 15 years later, I think I finally actually finished the book. It was long and slow and a lot of rewriting. And, you know, the biggest thing being... I needed to get to a certain length before I felt like it was actually a book, mm-hmm. sure. you know, and mm-hmm. that took time. I, I, I barely made it as it is. I mean, it's it's a short book. It's a quick read. It, I think it's funny. I think the questions themselves are funny, which really makes it easy on me because all I'm doing is commenting on them. You know, one thing I kind of blew past probably when we talked about what do you do and where are you from and all that stuff, I did own a, a bar and restaurant for a while ah, here in Albany. Okay. It's about nine years I had, it was a bar, restaurant, and live music venue in downtown Albany. And I got a lot of these questions myself. You know, in fact, I've been trying to jot down the uh, the follow-up for Do You Serve Drinks Here? Um, oh, but, uh, nice. That, that could be 15 years away as well um, yeah, as I still. collect questions. So I got to live some of this myself and got the experience. And the book was really a, I, I, I did that through about 2016 or so. And that's when I really got serious about finishing the book up a year or two later. I really started writing on it again because it was like cathartic to get all the customer service stuff that you had to be nice about mm-hmm. and get it all out in right. the book. Well, yeah. Well, interesting you say that. Now, so the first question, I, I can hear all the littles screaming at me through their listening devices. The follow up question would be, what was your mother's answer? Did she have one? And I think this will be a very telling thing about what type of person you are. So do you serve food here? Did yeah. you have an answer to that one specifically? Yeah. I got to tell you, I don't know the answer. What? <laughs> she, she obviously said something, but right. I, can imagine, I can imagine my mother just staring at someone and just being like, yeah, it's a restaurant. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, well, that was what I was, because some people might take it the other way, like, oh, sugar, do bunnies hop? You know, right. kind of thing or something like that, you know, yeah. like try to be funny. Uh, or if you're just think, dry and sarcastic and be like, uh, get out. Because <laughs> like, yeah. um, that would that be would Tony, be, right? It would be much more that direction. And I mean, I don't know if you thumbed through the copy I sent you guys at all, but sarcastic is my nature. And it definitely, at least in part, comes from my mother. So, mm-hmm. Well, all right. Full disclosure. All right. I, I didn't bring it into the bathroom or anything like that. I did That's- thumb through it a little bit, though. It looks fantastic, is my point. And it, to me, it was an easy read. Is that? Yeah. That's not Absolutely. insulting, is it? No. In okay. fact, I mean, I, I think it's purposely an easy read. Well, you it's, said quick read, and I thought maybe, uh-oh, maybe there's a difference there because... Well... Go ahead. No, I mean, they're probably two different things, but certainly related, you know, and it was written kind of to be taken in little chunks, but then I realized when I had to read it like 50 times to edit, to edit the book, which was tedious by the end of it because I knew what was coming, I could do that in two and a half hours, you know, right. I mean, the whole it wasn't like I had to read 600 pages well, every time I was editing. Which, Rich, you're going to laugh. You know, you're going to laugh at this, but guessing you know what I do by now. And pit musicians are always looking for easy reads. We call them easy reads. And mm-hmm. quick read would be the same thing. But because we only have X amount of time to sit there between songs for the musical yep. that we're playing. And you're looking yep. for something that you can read in chunks. And I'm being serious with this. Because let me tell you, try to read Harry Potter while you're playing a show, it's not the easiest thing because you're like literally in the middle of a sentence or in the middle of a paragraph or something like that. And then you have to put it down for like 10 minutes and then you come back to it. It's a pain. So I have to say, thumbing through yours, it looked like, oh, this is the perfect pit read, as we call it. Uh, That is absolutely something that would be good for. I mean, just for for listeners that that don't know, um, you know, basically what I did was take each of these tickets with with the statement or the question on it. And then I just responded to it. So some of them are two paragraphs, some of them are three pages, but at least third or fourth page, you can stop and just pick it up there later. And it's not, I mean, there's a little bit of a narrative 
feel through it if you do read it in one sitting, but it's not like a story. Right. So you can just enjoy a, a snippet of it. I could envision, you know, a bartender on a Monday afternoon with no customers thumbing through a few pages of it. Right. And then a bunch of people come in, they just set it down and pick it up later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a favorite question or statement that someone asked or oh. said? Oh, they're, they're all, they're all my children, you know, um, <laughs> I, I love them. I actually have all the tickets right here. I just oh, noticed wow. them sitting on my desk, but there are some absolute winners in there. And I, I wish I had thought about it a little bit ahead of time. I think my favorite ones, at least for the writing of the book purposes, were the ones that were just repetitive where they, there was one that somebody asked, what do you have for dessert? And the answer was chocolate cake or vanilla ice cream. And they were like, do you have this? And like chocolate cake or vanilla ice cream. Do you have this? Chocolate cake. And just, people are not listening right. at all. People are so you know, dumb. Or, or people that, that order something and you say something about the ingredient that's in it and they have no idea what you're talking about, that that's in the ingredients. And it's just like, oh, come on, people. Know right. what you're eating. Right. A bit. right. <laughs> now, is your mom still with us? Yes. So what was her reaction? I mean, she must have been so proud. What was her reaction to all this? It was actually great because, you know, this was like in 2019. I knew I had all the questions I was going to use in there, at least had notes on what I was going to say back. And then I just really started hammering on it. I was like, I'm going to get this done for her birthday in November. It's going to be done. I'm going to have this done. I'm going to have it. Like, I didn't want to hand her like a manuscript either, though. I wanted like a printed first copy. So here I go. I'm researching all the self-publishing stuff and everything and okay i'm hitting you right now yeah Yeah. you just brought a tear to my eye like now it's probably because my mom's no longer with us unfortunately but i mean that's amazing that's i mean how cool would that for her to have this idea she knows her son's a great writer obviously in her opinion and probably i'm assuming most others and for you to put this together at that time oh that's just amazing what a good son you know as i said i missed the i missed the birthday i missed christmas but but by january I had that thing, the first edition, which I still have here on my shelf behind me, and it's it's got one sentence that's different than the final published copy because my wife made me change one sentence that was too mean. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be the next question that, you realize, that right? Shall remain, that shall remain a secret. All um, right, fair <laughs> Dying to know now. Maybe, maybe you could put that at the end of do you serve drinks here or whatever, you know, then, you yeah, know. Or if I have to publish a second edition with some updates or something, maybe I could, okay. uh, I'll put it there. <laughs> so, I mean, how serious are you about that? I mean, it sounds like a very clever idea. I mean, I don't know. I would absolutely do it. I don't have this source material that I had for the first one in gotcha. one place. Got a few down here and there. Cause like I would tell my friends when I was working on this and most of them were, you know, in the industry at the time. They would throw a couple my way and sure. I would kind of put them in a, a note on my phone or whatever. So I have a starting point, but not a book's worth. I mean, I, I have more from my mom that I didn't use. And, you know, now I look at them and I'm like, I probably could have worked that in. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. That's so, so cool. All right. Well, Rich, now we just have our normal fun, dumb questions, as we call them, that we'd love to pick your brain about a little bit. So actually, this is a, a new, well, that's not really new because we've been doing it for a while, but it's one of my favorites. What's a special hidden talent that you have that no one else knows about? Hidden talent. Well, that's a tough one because I've now let everyone know that I can write. So I don't know what, <laughs> what the hidden talent is. I have an, an interesting hobby maybe that you'd be interested in. I'm a curler. <gasps> Stop it. I am a member of the Albany Curling Club. That is my winter sport. You know, I play golf in the summer and I, I curl if... in the winter. Mr. Tony, when I met him, if I could be the official curling correspondent, 
of the show. Of course, he said yes, and they never have asked me a question, though. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, well, you're definitely the official curling expert for the Loyal Littles podcast. So, okay, so I also noticed that you subtly dropped in there when I met Tony. I asked him, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. What the heck? Can you go into that? I, I had yeah. no idea. Oddly enough, it will tie directly into what we were just talking about. I've been to Chatter twice. Once was at Jingle Fest, I believe, number three, the one at the hotel in Bethesda. I'll leave that for a second. The other time was for an actual show taping at Chatter. I was in the D.C. area for a Bonspiel, which is a curling tournament. And Wait, we wh had what is it called? A Bonspiel. A Bonspiel. Never heard. Okay, go ahead. So I got up at 6 a.m. or something from like Laurel, Maryland. There's a, there's a curling club near there that was hosting the, the tournament and drove down to D.C. and had breakfast and watched them do the show. And then afterwards, you know, Tony takes pictures with everybody. I gave him a uh, an Albany Curling Club pin and a uh, I gave him this coin, like a challenge coin kind of thing that mm -hmm. I had from my restaurant. I still had the restaurant at the time. And we used it. It was just, you know, good for a free drink or whatever. Yeah. And I told him, I said, here, we use, he was always asking for advice about restaurants at the time. I said, we use these as bounce back coupons. And he's like, what does that mean? <laughs> so he had to ask me about that. But I did ask him if I could be the curling correspondent as well. So... I, I had one other time that Tony actually talked about my emails on the air. We were talking about the Ebola song before. I forgot to mention this. And it's my favorite thing. I sent him an email like a month before that jingle because me and my wife uh, honeymooned at, in Rehoboth Beach. Mm -hmm. And I sent him a, just a joke about the browseabout and how he says he's going to end the show by sitting outside the browseabout just talking. And uh, he called my email incredibly sweet. Uh -huh. And the, the next month I sent in Ebola and he called it tasteless. <laughs> <laughs> I then sent him an email about how he told me both of those things, and I have range, and he read that too, and that made my day. So Aww. that was that's those affirmation. Are my, baby. Those are my Tony experiences. Love wow. it, affirmation baby, right? That is so funny. That's amazing. <laughs> well, Rich, this has been amazing. I love it when these things happen where we have so much to talk about. It makes us look mm -hmm. better because we don't have to ask dumb questions. Before we let you go, though, plug everything. So the, we know the name of the book, but how can we find you? How can we find you on social media? How can we buy the book? Sure, sure. So the book is Do You Serve Food Here? You can go to my website, which is richottinger.com. O-E-T-T-I-N-G-E-R is the last name, richottinger.com. Um, you can buy it straight from the publishing house there. You can click over to Amazon and buy it for your Kindle. So, And it's available pretty much anywhere you can order a book. You can get it. If you have a preferred place, then go with that. And on Twitter, I'm at Rich Otter. That should be everybody's reminder of how to say my name. Because my nickname's typically Ot or Otter. So I'll never forget it. Things I would have <laughs> pieced together had I thought of that months ago when I first met you, so to speak. And the book has its own Facebook page. You can find that, too. You know, And an Instagram, even, where I post pictures of the actual tickets and then links oh, out to the, uh, to buy the book. So oh, cool. That's a fun thing to do. And I haven't done it in a while, so I should probably get back to that. I photographed all of them and then I just kind of put them up there, Sure. you know, for safekeeping, I guess. Well, Rich, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate the time. And of course, as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Over. Okay. It's absolutely over. There's no more discussion needed. We can stop now. Uh, <laughs> Love the confidence. Right. I've heard this mentioned actually on your show, I think, before. There is a patent for this thing. It shows it over. It was written and finalized in Albany, New York. So I have it firsthand from here. Wait. Over. Wait. What? Wait. What? What? The patent? There's a patent for it. It says Albany, New York across the bottom, the original copy of it. And it's over. Wow. And I feel like... 
I feel like one of the other littles mentioned this in oh, passing. Uh oh. Were we not listening to our own podcast, Roxy? Probably <laughs> I don't not. Know. <laughs> yeah, it's Chuck's fault. I, it's Tiny Chuck's but I've fault. I've seen it. I've seen it on like Twitter or something on some Albany. Oh, yeah, well, no, I've seen I, the picture of the patent. I didn't realize it had yeah. Albany, New York on it. I've That's seen that picture, cool. but so I, had, I didn't know that. The one designed here, at least. There's no other way to do it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Wow. Again, that's like two or three information for life in one episode. That's amazing. <laughs> well, Rich, thanks again so much. Good luck with your book and good luck with the sequel. Yep. We're just going to put it out there. Maybe it'll happen. Find me up back in about 13 years. <laughs> I'll try to have it done. Okay. Hey, we hope to be here. Uh, we probably won't be, but you never know. You know, hey, littles for life. That's what we're looking at it. So thank you again so much for coming on. Loyal Littles will be right back. This is Michael Kane. You're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And thank you so much, Rich Ottinger. I love saying that name now, now that I know how to say it. Another great interview. Get the book, everyone. It is a really fun, easy read. And we really appreciate him taking the time to come on and tell all the Loyal Littles about it. So now I think we should get into what I think all the littles have been waiting for. Take it away, Roxy. Well, I can't stop looking at your finger. Oh, geez. (laughs) She loves my ring. (laughs) I'm obsessed. It's the coolest ring I think I've ever seen. Well, we should tell them. We picked out our own rings. We did, yeah. We picked out our own. And she was, of course, freaking out because literally up to like a week before the wedding, she's like, do you have a ring yet? And I'm like, stop. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Stop. I'll get a ring. I promise. How long have you been married, Chuck? You would think I would know this. Uh, we, we just had our third anniversary. All right. Third anniversary. Again, Chuck, don't uh, worry. She doesn't listen March. to the podcast, so it's okay. <laughs> You're safe here. This is a safe well, space we were, for you, We Chuck. were together a long time before that. Right, so, yeah, right. We've been married three years. Right, gotcha. I don't think you were together as long as Roxy and I were, but close second. No. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. When did you first meet Roxy? You met her in 2013, I believe, in Springfield, Missouri, right? Yep. We, you took us to the Whoa. zoo. A no, time. no, that was after. Oh, that was after you took right. us to the outdoor no. man or whatever yes, that thing's called. Yes, you took us to Bass Pro. Bass, Bass Pro. Pro, which is now it's not right. just a Bass Pro; it is the original, the right? Original, right? Which has since opened like a huge aquarium. You know, one of those walk-through aquariums. Yeah. Oh wow! It's like we'll have to go. Uh, well, I remember I it had like a McDonald's first... in it, right? Oh yeah, they got all kinds of stuff in there. But I think it was voted like the best new museum in the country or something like that, or attraction well, in the country. I mean, it's the only yeah. thing to do in Springfield, Missouri. I think maybe <laughs> that's dare where, you, sir Chuck. Well, maybe that's where you should have Summer of Little's three point one. At, that could be cool, right? Oh my god, I don't think they have private parties. <laughs> oh, all, right. <laughs> all right, well, let's get back to the wedding. So, well, Chuck, one thing. Well, Roxy, you wanted to ask him a question. Yeah. Well, so of course. People have always been telling me since we've been engaged that something will happen and... Or something will go wrong. Something will go wrong. It's going to be okay. And you just have to go with it and be okay with it. Now, there was actually something that went wrong early in the day that I was sort of oblivious to for a little bit. I was at my parents' house getting my hair and makeup done. And recording a podcast. Right. And <laughs> and they're like, is this really necessary? We had picked up we had picked up the flowers and the cake the day before. And so they saw I think my dad brings up my bouquet and his boutonniere and my sister in law sees the bouquet and my I had sunflowers, sunflowers, blue hydrangeas, and little pink roses. That was my bouquet. It was beautiful. Uh, nice. But she looks, she takes one look at it, and she's like, "Uh, this is wrong." So apparently, the sunflowers were starting to die, and they didn't look oh. good. Now I was sort of like, "It's beautiful. I love it." Because you're not going to care. I was so oblivious to it. I just saw 
yellow and blue and pink and i'm like this is so great i'm getting married i don't care you know okay can you pause for this is great because this is the first i'm hearing the story <laughs> oh, that's Littles. right you haven't heard she, this I, yeah the things the groom doesn't need to know or worry about i guess oh yeah that's that, <laughs> this is um, not for me to worry completely. okay go ahead so Continue. the next thing i know people are running around talking about this and i'm sort of in this daze of oh it's my wedding day i'm excited and it finally dawns on me like i start to tune into what's happening around me and my sister-in-law is on the phone with the florist and then she like hightails it out of there books herself over to the florist and like so she went to pick up new flowers oh yeah they made me new flowers what they made me a new bouquet of flowers and even added some sunflowers to it now i do have to say the original bouquet it was kind of hard to see the blue hydrangeas they were really kind of buried underneath everything else but this one you could see them a little bit more so they kind of made it a little bit bigger they added a few more sunflowers but it was big enough where you can see more of everything and it was just so stunning okay this is freaking hilarious this is the first (laughs) i swear i'm not making this up this is the first i'm hearing about this yeah so that was kind of the first thing that went wrong and i just sort of was like whatever okay i'm getting married i don't care wow (laughs) but they were like my mom my sister-in-law they were like no this is this is wrong and they need to fix this and they did like it there were no issues whatsoever well the florist shout out yeah the florist it's a city line florist in trumbull connecticut and they have been a part of my family for generations my grandparents have used them my parents have used them my aunts and uncles have used them and it's a small family-owned shop yeah this is great yeah that's that's so they were they were wonderful and my sister-in-law shout out to her she she got it done like she saw the problem she fixed it for me she's also my matron of honor so it was i mean at least you had your matron honor there to to help you with stuff unlike some people (laughs) you know like i had no help what's that's not true your brother (laughs) oh i see where this is going i I see why you want to be on (laughs) just to throw him under the bus all right Um, yeah so that that was something that went wrong, but I, I I was so oblivious in this blissful state of I can't wait to marry my favorite person and I just was like, right. Okay. <laughs> so now let me tell the other one that went this is the other thing that went wrong. The thing that I knew about, maybe there's others. Maybe I'm gonna hear more off air. I don't know. But Chuck, you'll appreciate this story, I think. And any Red Sox fan will probably appreciate this story. But if you listen to the other podcast, you know now that this wedding was planned well, like three different times. Yeah. Okay. But the one thing, and we pretty darn sure it's the first thing. It's, I think we had this down before we even had a date or anything. Yeah, like yeah. after I proposed, mm-hmm. I don't even remember how it happened, but we just one we day- We were here. We were actually here at your dad's house. We were in the kitchen and I don't know, I don't know the conversation, it, it just came up to this and we made the decision in your dad's kitchen. Okay. Well, this was it. So we decided on what song we were going to walk out of the ceremony too. Yep. Okay. Walk out, walk off. Little hint there. Little hint there. Okay. (laughs) So anyway, let's just cut to it. What we decided to do was, I know it's cheesy. We apologize. But like we said, it was the first thing we, we just went, Oh, we were so excited. We were so excited about it. It was the first decision we ever made. made. Yeah. So we decided that we were going to, as soon as they say, whatever it was going to be, you may kiss the bride, you may kiss your person. What? What? Did, I don't even remember what we ended up doing. We ended up, you may now kiss your bride. The important part was as soon as we kissed, it was going to go, do 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 you know what that is, Chuck? Down by the river. The Red Sox fans will be loving this. It's Dirty Water. 
I know it's not the most to- common it's, thing to be walking out on. It's not the on, most romantic thing. It's but, not the most, but it is so us. It's so fun every time you're watching a Red Sox game or you're at Fenway Park. But this yeah. is spe- specific to like, okay, so it's bottom of the ninth. We're down by one run. There's three, the, you know, there's two men on. All of a sudden the ball goes, it's like almost before it goes out of the park, they start playing the song because yeah. they know we're walking off and the celebration, <laughs> the place is going crazy. And that's what we kind of felt so like. Fun. We That's what we envisioned at our wedding. And unfortunately, there was like eight people at our wedding, so it wasn't quite that. But the point of the story is what happened was Roxy, being the millennial of the two of us, she created what we call a playlist. Yeah. I'm even surprised I know what that is. We should have made a CD. Yeah, we should have made a CD. She made a playlist. And so, but of course, so we had some pre, I call it pre-show music, (laughs) pre-ceremony music. And that was nice piano. Yeah. Show tunes, yeah, nice yeah. show tunes, which is another oh yeah, that's aspect of the two for of us, us a so. bond. And then we had her walking down the aisle music. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Do you want to tell them what that was? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it wasn't traditional. I was going between this and I love Canon and D. Anyway, I ended up deciding to go to go with an instrumental version of Here Comes the Sun because we have been through so much trying to plan this dang thing, and the song just kind of hit me. That, oh, it's going to be okay. We're doing this. It's wonderful. And I don't know. I just, I loved it. So we did that. And we did a little cut with <laughs> yeah. my editing skills. Yeah. Um, so anyway, and that was great. So she comes in and she actually basically ran down the aisle. So we <laughs> I know had... my dad told me I didn't even hold on to him. Yeah. So he, he was holding on to me, like holding me back, like slow and down. she just couldn't wait to get to me, Littles. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say. And so she uh, she gets there. And so, of course, there's like at least 35 to 40 seconds of music left. So we're just standing right, there. Right. And the lovely woman who married us. Lauren. Lauren. She was like, we'll she just wait it pro, out. She yeah. was such a pro. She's like, nope, we're just going to stand here and listen to the music. And it's going to be nice. Mm-hmm. So the music stops and she starts. I don't it wasn't the traditional dearly beloved or anything like that. No, she gave us an office quote. Oh, what was the office quote? I'm glad I was there for this. I don't remember it, but what was it? Oh, I hear, I hear you, brother. That's why you got to get the video, man. I told you get the video because you were ready of it. Wait, so you're telling me there was an office quote at yes, the top I of my wedding? Yes, I told you about this. I, little, I, like Chuck said, get the video because, wow. Right, what was it? Uh, it was, all I know is that every time I've been faced with a tough decision, there's only one... Do, do, do. Yeah, that's do, what do, happened. Do, do. Little, that's, that's exactly, exactly what, what happened. happened. <laughs> the poor woman, the volunteer at the little so, chapel. She, oh, well, she give her a shout out. She's such a wonderful, Janet, nice she was Janet. So nice, sweet. so sweet. She was not the most tech savvy, and I mean, yeah. it was sort of just a hit play, hit pause, hit play again situation. But I think, <laughs> honestly, I think she was so taken by the. She entrance. was watching. You know, she, she forgot to hit pause. And, clearly, yeah. And you know, my sister in law said, like, I could have done that i would have done that for you but i was like i didn't want you to see the song i didn't want right. anyone we didn't to want see. anyone to know about no this, one knew about all dirty Sox water fans, so... and we know they would love it and, yeah oh, well she actually she's a yankees true, fan true, but, but i also just really wanted to try to keep it a surprise for everybody right um so it was so and we're gonna send this to our dj yeah we didn't have a dj this time because right. we didn't do the big party and right. stuff so we just did this small little thing so, so we have another, this is like another chance we have another shot it. at this but more importantly <laughs> he's going to be able to use this as a commercial as so like this is why you hire a professional DJ <laughs> to do all your music needs at your wedding ceremony and 
reception. Yes. Because it's like perfect. Because, yeah. I mean, it's a great video. I mean, we're sitting there like all teary eyed. And like, then we're like, oh, no. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, what just happened? And then she couldn't get it shut off. I know. So your sister-in-law had to run from the front row of this. <laughs> it was a small little, not like even Like it literally a chapel, took but... me two seconds to walk down the aisles. Right. But she had to get up and run because the poor woman's trying to do the Yeah, I thought I had everything like easy and simple and if even took the lock screen off so if the phone shut <laughs> off, easily get back to yeah, it. Yeah, it wasn't easy. I had a song in between, but then I lost the song in between the Oof. night before. I don't know what happened. But Anyway, what's the quote? And then we'll get out of here. Cause... The quote is... All I know is that every time I've been faced with a tough decision, there's only one thing that outweighs every other concern. One thing that will make you give up on everything you thought you knew, every instinct, every rational calculation, love. And that was by Jim Halpert from The Office. Now, in the scene, before he says love, Dwight says, you mean a virus? (laughs) He's like, love, Dwight, love. (laughs) I think we should have kept that in. You didn't know she was going to say that? I told him about sh- it. Now I'm remembering it, but honestly, I didn't remember it was from the <laughs> office. Actually, I do remember that she told me this, and but no, Chuck, honestly, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> because like I said, yeah, actually, we were, like, I was freaking out about Dirty Water playing over yeah. it. And I'm like- How much did they play anyway? It was quite, like she couldn't it get it enough. off. It was enough. Oh, she no. couldn't turn it <laughs> off. Literally, my now sister-in-law had to like run down the aisle- to get to the back of the place where we're getting married so she could help her with the phone to turn it off. Oh, what a disaster. You know what? Things happen. That's right. And we have this story. We'll laugh about it for the rest of our lives. So, Littles, listen, we've got so many other stories. We we can't wait to share. And we'll sprinkle them in over time, we promise. Maybe we'll have a little segment. Well, we'll hopefully have some, you know, mini moon stories coming up as well. Now, the one thing I would like to say in my defense was I was getting a lot of crap on Twitter and Facebook <laughs> the night of the... Well, I was getting some the night before the wedding. As I said, we called Eric Londrigan. He was mm-hmm. like, you guys must have something better to do than to call me. <laughs> but on the wedding night, okay, I happened to catch the end of the Sox game. I, I literally watched like the last two outs. And so I posted my little thing on Facebook like I always do. And even your mother was like, oh, come on. And a lot of littles, <laughs> they were like, don't... I'm, you know, I'm checking Twitter. I'm updating and... All I'm going to say is I was a pure gentleman not to post the picture of Roxy that I took. And it's not what you're thinking, Littles, okay? But I have the timestamp to prove it. It was I sent it to you, Chuck, I believe. I may approve it. 9.51 p.m., <laughs> she was out. Literally out in the bed. Like, just passed out. Now, look, it was a long day. I get it. It and was I, a long two years. It was a long two years. And my wedding present <laughs> yeah, to you was right. I let you sleep. Yes. But I'm, Thank you. So I was like entertaining Why myself, but I'm getting slammed for it on Twitter and like Facebook because you're sitting there sleeping. Well, what am I supposed to do? Like, so, okay, I'm updating my Twitter and watching the socks win and it was great. And yeah. Anyway, trust us, Chuck. It's going to be one hell of a party next year. That's all we can say. Oh, yeah. So I'm preparing now. <laughs> And one year to get there. <laughs> yeah, one year to plan. You can't be late for that, Chuck. Uh, I don't Gotta know. Gotta my speech. Yeah, yes. right, Chuck. Yeah, better be a good one. Oh but, my god. But, well, but I'm writing down office. Keep it clean, Chuck. Keep it clean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can email us at wtfcpodnet at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod, and we're also on Instagram at the Loyal Littles Podcast. Also, don't forget about our Facebook page, The Loyal Littles Podcast. 
Also, thanks again to our Meet the Littles guest, Rich Ottinger, our special Wait for It Wednesday guest, Elliot Olshansky, and our bumpers by the great Sean Morrissey. And don't forget, head on over to iTunes and give us a nice rate and review over there. That's always very helpful. That should have been the wedding presents. That's what we should have asked for. Yeah, just a rate and review. Just a rate and review. That's what we should that's ask it, for. That's it. Forget the registry. We don't need anything. Just rate and review us. Just rate and review us. That would be awesome. <laughs> and remember, if you are out shopping online tonight, what are we using, Chuck? Let's use a code. Why not? You want to use a code, Roxy? Yeah, let's use yeah. it. All right, let's use the code. All right. I can't stop looking at your finger. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Tripping down the stairwells 
podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Oh, yeah.